0: Greetings, listeners. Welcome to Space Cowboys, a Roswell, New Mexico podcast here on PureFandom.com. I am Liz Pru, joined by my beautiful, stunning, amazing co-host, Meg Moni. Oh, my God. Hi. Hey, girl. Hi. Um, so, in this week's episode, we are talking about the Roswell, New Mexico, season one, episode 13 finale, Recovering the Satellites. Um, and just as a heads up before we dive in, as we were outlining this podcast, because you guys know, we like started Google doc and we're really prepared. Uh, we realized we, this needs to be in like two parts. Like we need to talk about obviously what happened in the episode and the characters. And we're going to do another podcast after this, before I pop this baby out, um, on, all the lore stuff of Roswell and how that may trickle into season two, which of course, because they we found out this week, CW renewed Roswell for a season two, as well as All American and um, what other show? The hundred. The hundred. Duh. Seven. God, sorry. The one hundred. Um, so we'll be doing a second episode that talks about like, okay, so here's the lore from the books. If you, and that actually, I, I think it works out that we're doing a separate episode in case people don't want to know more from the books and stuff like spoil because that may be spoilery if people haven't read the books and don't want to know um or have seen the previous series so yeah let's go ahead dive right in meg give us the quick recap and then let's talk about the episode
1: All right, so this is going to be like the quick and dirty so that we do have a lot of time to talk about everything that happened because holy crap, there's a lot that happened. So Kyle takes out mains and Noah gets out and Max kills him and Liz and Max bang and Alex tries to talk to Michael about his feelings but it's not a good time and Max heals Michael's hand and he goes to the wild pony and he kisses Maria and he plays guitar. Isabel pushes her powers and blows up a picture with her mind Michael and Isabel find Noah's pod and realize it's Rosa inside and Max pulls her out and heals her, but it kills him and Rose is alive and Max is dead and everything is crazy as fuck. But don't worry. There's a season two. So, oh my God. Let's did talk. You,
0: did you have us like at the end of the? So of course, when the episode aired, we didn't know that the show was going to have a season two yet. And seeing how the finale ended, I had like a little panic attack. Because I remembered how I felt and still feel when Witches of East End was canceled. And it had this freaking amazing finale. And I was like, this can't happen to me again. I, I can't. Like, I was having, like, extreme anxiety over it.
1: Yeah. And, like, what a way to end a season. Also, I have to shout out the fact that no matter what happens, you can always bring up that show. And I feel like I need to watch it just because I think you've talked about it on this podcast many times. So yeah, shout shout out to you and your devotion to the Witches of East End.
0: Thanks, girl. But I've never I seen it. the books. I, I know the books are really good. I feel like it's something that you and I would enjoy. But let's talk about, I'm sorry, I know we got to get back on track. Okay, w- what do you want to talk about first? Rosa being alive? Yes. Oh, my God. And you
1: know what? I would like to pat myself on the back, which I don't often do because I'm a Midwestern gal. But I tweeted last week and this week about how I wanted Rosa to be alive and then she came back to life. So I have actual magical powers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to shout out myself there,
0: Mm -hmm. Um,
1: but I'm so happy. But like, I was like, you know, at first when it happened, very excited and like just the joy that you can see in Liz's face before she realizes her, her boo is like dead. But anyway, we'll get to that. But just like, then I was like, oh my God. Like how the fuck are they gonna do, like do this? And I was like, well, maybe like it'll be kind of like a flash in the pan, like thing where she's alive, but like her body's gonna deteriorate. But then they upped um, the actress to a series regular for season two. I don't know if you saw that. So Amber Mid Thunder is mm-hmm. gonna be a series regular next next season. So like that, like she's not going anywhere. Rosa is here to stay. And I was just like, kind of floored at the prospect of what that means for next season. Like, especially now that we know there will be a next season, but like, it's such a, I don't know. It's crazy. How, like, what did you, how was your reaction there?
0: Well, when I found out that Amber mid thunder, the actress was up to a series regular um, selfishly, I was very excited because Um, as you guys all know, I am so fucking pregnant right now. So by the time I have this baby, I can play the Rosa drinking game, y'all. Okay.
1: No, we might need to change, like, Janine Mason, dear, like, you might need to change the word, like, the rules for that game is every time Rosa is spoken, you take a sip. But, like, I feel like they're going to have to rename it the Roswell alcohol poisoning game because that's going to be a lot there be a lot, lot explaining to do about like why Rosa is even alive. So, mm. I don't know. You might mm-hmm. like have to high five every time you, they say Rosa. Oh no! I have a lot of makeup drinking to do here. Okay,
0: <laughs> super <laughs> excited. Oh, ready.
1: Liz is ready for the drinks. I'm so
0: them. ready for all the drinks, and I just to quickly touch on Ab- Amber Mid Thunder. So this actress, um, for those of you who are Legion fans, she was on the show Legion. Um, it still is. They have one
1: more season and then they're oh, done they do actually you have the other season. Yeah. Okay. She's freaking amazing. If you haven't, the well, Legion itself is a really cool show, but she is like this badass. like all she does is fight and she just walks around in a trench coat, like beating the fuck out of everyone. And it's the best thing ever. So continue.
0: Well, just a shout out to Karina McKenzie, the showrunner who has said time and time again, she is for lack of a better phrase, not whitewashing the show at all. Um, Amber is Native American and an enrolled member of the Fort Peck Sioux Tribe, so it fits in with you know the actual nationalities of a lot of the characters in this show and the foundation of this, the Roswell series in general. So I think that's super duper cool. Just in addition to her being a super awesome actress and a really fun character, um, as it pertains to Rosa. Liz knows Rosa is a Valenti, Um, and I'm glad that she wasn't, like, mad at – Like, for a second, um, I know we always talk about how the show really hammers away tropes Mm -hmm. of typical um, young adult dramas. Um, But I love how when Kyle admitted that he knew Rosa was his sister, the first thing Liz said was, So you lost a sister, too.
1: Instead of, like –
0: How dare you? You didn't tell me. Yes. I know. It was so great. I love that. Um, And I don't know what it means moving forward because I think as it pertains to Rosa, because I think that we don't know all of what, and I know I'm jumping ahead of our little outline here, but we don't know what Rosa knows. You know, Rosa may not be as innocent as all of us are initially thinking in our heads, you know? Mm -hmm. like we've kind of not kind of we've all looked at Rosa as a victim because she has been a victim you know she was killed um but what put her in that position like how's she gonna feel about Max killing Noah did she actually love Noah the fuck was going on there how much did she know did she know that she was a Valenti I'm assuming yes since there was like a hidden bunker you know beneath that cabin like there are a lot of questions to be answered here pertaining to Rosa absolutely i'm i'm more
1: excited to see that side of things and like what like you said like what did she know what does this mean for like the whole group is she going to be you know just someone who's recovering based on what happened or is she going to be like y'all messed up because aliens are evil and my sister can't be banging one if he does come back to life zombie aliens season two. I don't know. I just, I'm very curious to see how she fits in with like the, the dynamic that's already there. Cause everyone knows, but Maria at this point, it's gonna be interesting.
0: You're right. I guess I didn't think of that. Everyone knows, but Maria about the aliens. So do you think that, um, I mean, let's just get to Maria. What do you think about how she'll react. I, I, because she's like so in tune to like her witchy stuff, obviously the necklace, we got a little more details on that. And it's like mystical abilities. Um, how do you think she's going to react? What do you think her, like, she said that necklace is, it was said to protect, you know, I forget the exact words, but to protect them or whatever, and obviously it wards off any like mind control or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So her family probably didn't play nice with aliens, I'm assuming, historically. So how do you think that'll play into this?
1: You know, I'm very curious because it sort of feels like a Bonnie Bennett situation from T V D because mm. Bonnie didn't really know about her family being so like at odds with the vampires. And like her best friend is so intertwined with it, you know, before Elena is turned and everything. And so it kind of gave me like that kind of vibe where as Bonnie starts to realize like what her family's legacy is and like her part in that, she has like this loyalty issue like my loyalty to my family who has historically been at odds with, you know, the vampires and the originals and all of that, or my best friend who I love who's like trying to bone every vampire in town. So I, I feel like it's going to be that sort of thing. But also, like, since they're so aged up, I think she's going to handle it from a much more mature perspective. Like, she'll mm-hmm. probably do a couple of shots about it. But um, I don't know. And it, it's kind of interesting, like, how Michael will fit into it, you know? We don't have to talk about that yet because I feel like, feel like a mole rant. But having her necklace and, like, knowing that, She's always been a part of this. She just didn't really know about it, and her mother was trying to keep it a secret. I'm kind of hoping it sends her into less into the the aliens that are there right now, and more into like, well, how does this actually affect my mom? And I would love to see her like tap Kyle, who is like the parental investigator of Roswell, (laughs) and like let's figure out did this have something to do with my mom, and is that why my mom has the issues that she does? Was she involved somehow? So I feel like. I would like it to steer in that direction and less, like, towards the pod squad.
0: I 100% agree. And because you just said Kyle is the, would you say the parental investigator?
1: Yes, MD.
0: The MD, parental investigator MD. You know who he is of Roswell? And I mean this in the fucking most complimentary way. He is the Sheriff Stilinski of Roswell, New Mexico. Oh. Yeah. That's for you Teen Wolf fans. He's the guy that's, like, getting shit done, okay? I think um, he's just – I know, again, I'm jumping a bullet. I'm sorry. Then we can go back to the whole Max is being dead thing. Can we just talk about um, how Kyle Valenti amazing? Yes, he's
1: a national treasure. I love him, and I love that he is a side character, yet he has such a rich story. Like, I wish they could have done that same – Sort of development with Maria, but they've kind of talked about how moving forward next season, she'll be a bigger part. Mm-hmm. But they really let Kyle have his own thing and how it's so intertwined with what's going on with all of the other characters. He never really feels detached, but he is. He's off doing his own thing. And that whole scene with him in the gun shop and like his emotional state and how he was just kind of walking this fine line, like he could either tip one direction and get the gun and be the monster that he hates and you know take out mains or he could honor his father knowing that you know he kind of last week he was like F my dad he he did this he was responsible for this but now he knows Maines pushed his dad in there so like he's kind of walking this fine line of if I'm gonna be a good guy or bad guy and he lived the bad guy life he was a douchebag in high school he you know was super mean to Alex So he kind of already has reformed himself. And it was like, does he go back to this, like, angry, youthful, you know, no consequence, don't think before act kind of dude? Or does he still keep walking that line towards, you know, the life that his dad would have wanted for him? And like, seeing him grapple between the two was so cool. And like, I love that whole scene, and like how powerful it was, but like, so quiet at the same time.
0: That's a really great way to put it. That it was so quiet at the same time. It was, I think, it made it more heart wrenching. You know, mm-hmm. and it was just, I thought it was a really good way to address the whole issue of gun control as well. Because it, you know, that that's what I love about the show is that it pushes boundaries, but it doesn't like it used gun control. Like, it was a really big part of Kyle in this episode, but it wasn't the focus. The focus was Kyle, but it still addressed gun control and kind of showed, you know, people can go one or two ways. And I know this is kind of talking less about the show and more about the issue, but, you know, he made the decision that he was going to do something better for, for what his dad would have wanted, like you said, instead of, you know, buying a gun. Instead of buying a gun, he bought a bulletproof vest. And whether, you know, that was a message that the show was trying to say or not, it was regardless of your views on gun control. I think as an audience, we can all agree that, yes, that is something that Kyle would have done, you know, mm-hmm. like that, that is befitting of Kyle because Kyle is like you said, still always on this path of redemption. And I think as people, we're always on this path of redemption and we just, you know, we're just trying to do the best we can. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. you know like you and I we're mamas we I had to drop my kid off this morning you got to drop your kid off here in a minute we got shit to do this afternoon but we we still want to do this podcast we're just doing the best we can
1: yes indeed also I spelled Valenti wrong in our spreadsheet and I have to fix it so yeah I just (laughs) wanted everyone to know that that happened I'm doing the best I can
0: we're doing the best we can guys. Okay. Like I have a heating pad on right now. Um, my husband picked up coffee for me because he, he's the real savior. Okay. Not savior. max, but let's talk about the other savior
1: max. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. So the yeah, like, dude, he got a little power trippy and I kind of liked it. Cause he's, kind of vanilla with his powers for so long Mm -hmm. and then when he was like hold up let me just like eat some lightning for a sec and like kill Noah and save the day and then you know get the girl and then heal your hand I love that he was just like such a hero in the like stereotypical sense and then usually in those you know movies and books and stuff the hero doesn't die. (laughs) Like, there's no consequence. He he walks out and he gets a hug from his girl and the wind picks up and blows her hair. But, like, this show's like, no, no. You brought someone back from the dead. That's going to kill you. There's a balance we have to maintain. And, Mm -hmm. and, like, the imagery of him laying in the cave with his arms out was, like, so very Jesus. It's very fitting because it was, like, right around Easter. But, you know, you have to – I haven't really brushed up on my Catholic lore in in quite some time, but I'm pretty sure like there's a whole thing with Jesus in the cave before he, and it's like, he's in the cave for three days and then he rises from the dead. And
0: Mm
1: -hmm. so I'm hoping that it's only three days for Max and then he comes back and I'm not really sure how he'll come back, but I'm hoping that it's something to do with Michael and Izzy. I don't know why I called her Izzy. I don't know. I guess I have a nickname for you, now, Isabel. What else? Um, Like, they're kind of tapping into their own powers. We saw Isabel blow up with her mind. That's very Michael. Um, so, hopefully, just, like, the emotion and the loss, they'll be able to, like, trigger something within themselves mm-hmm. to, like, you know, bring him back. But, like, dang, everyone keeps dying on this show.
0: I know. And – Like we said in the beginning, we'll dive, if you want to learn more about Max's history uh, just as a character in the world, we're going to dive into that in a separate podcast. So we won't go too much into it right now. Um, But, and we don't really, I haven't looked into it yet. So this is me speaking without knowing. I haven't researched for this next podcast yet. But my theory is that, um, you know, if he is this savior, it's like a, uh, it's obviously a prophecy or some sort of he's a part of some prophecy from their world, I guess. Um, I think he can they did bring up you'd well, was it Noah who brought up parting of the seas? Like he brought up Moses and he brought up all this lore and he was alluding to the fact that all of that was because of their people,
1: mm-hmm. and that's cool.
0: Which is really cool. I love like I was like like all of a sudden this show just got like really fork and sci-fi and I was like, Yes, thank you. But what's interesting about that though, guys, is that um so the stories of you know Moses and Jesus, that's like two millennia old. So that means that these aliens, this race that our pod squad is a part of, was here before this UFO crash. So how long have they been coming to earth that could explain maybe part of Maria's ancestry because, you know, they said her family has, you know, had this necklace forever. Um, what if it goes back like centuries, you know, like Ooh. this kind of like witchy stuff, witchy um, astrological stuff. So I think that's important to note too. If Noah was saying that a lot of our religious history has been influenced by them, that means that this wasn't the first time they were here in the nineteen fifties. So that's something to think about. Marinate on that, season it a little bit, then bring it back to me. Heck yeah. Let's we'll definitely crack that egg
1: when mm-hmm. we do our, our deep dive into like the mythology and then things like that. That's so interesting. And I love that they kind of planted that seed. And yep. you can see a little more of that next season. I'm so happy there's a next season because Oh, I know. I don't know if you follow me on social media, but I was freaking out all day. And then I saw something, someone said something about something bad happening to Alex and I kind of like panicked. And then my husband was like messaging Liz about Alex dying. And I was like, no, (laughs) I was like legit freaked the F out. So I would like to, you know, happily report that Alex is alive. Mm
0: -hmm. He's sitting
1: at a trailer waiting for his would-be boyfriend who, instead of going to see him, went for the guitar. And I maintain that he went for the guitar. Maria was just an added little bonus, the sprinkle on the Sunday, if you will. I think that when he healed, the first thing he wanted to do was play a guitar. And he went to the first place that he knew had a guitar. And I know that he is like a thing for Maria. And I'm very curious to see how that plays out there's definitely a lightness to them and a playfulness to them. And it doesn't quite carry all of the weight that Alex and Michael do. So I can see like after, you know, everything that's gone down, him wanting just something a little lighter. I can understand that. But yeah, Malik's forever. And I will never give up hope. I love them so freaking much. And if Michael is with Maria, we need to set up an alien Tinder cowboy situation for Alex and get Mm -hmm. him a nice fella. I saw some people on Twitter commenting that, you know, CW darling Chris Wood would make a fine boyfriend for him. Mm -hmm. I support that. I support that very much. So we'll have to see. We'll
0: have to see what happens. What was, what were your thoughts on Malik's? Um, I thought it was very fitting of their situation, you know, for a couple of reasons. So, and obviously I, I love Malik's. They're meant they're cosmic. You know, they're they're going to be together, you guys. But this was fitting of what's been happening with them the way they ended, because um well, from Michael's perspective, every time he sees Alex, he's reminded now not only of that pain of their past, right? When he was injured from Sergeant Main's, you know, all the pain of Alex leaving for 10 years or whatever. And then on top of that now, Alex was the one which I think is good. If anyone had to be with Alex or be with Michael when he met his mom and his mom died all in that same moment, it had to be Alex. But that's Mm -hmm. still really fresh for Michael. So every time he looks at Alex, he's reminded of that. And I don't think Michael is ready to process what happened with his mom yet. So it makes it a lot harder to be around Alex. And from Alex's side, um, you know, he's finally coming to terms now. Like he's a little bit ahead of Michael in terms of coming to grips with his trauma because his trauma isn't as fresh as Michael's. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, I'm going to reference what Tyler Blackburn who plays Alex said in a tweet, he said, I know you guys are pissed about the way Alex ended off in the finale. But first, let me just say that Alex gave Michael the runaround for months. Garen had to start to move on. You can't help the heart sometimes. And with that said, he also said there's also so much of the story to tell. Um, fingers crossed for season two. This was before they were renewed. Um, he said, I know Cadley Mack and um, Karina McKenzie, that's her handle. And Michael Glamis won't do you too wrong. So, of course, you know, they're, we wanted them to, like, ride off on the sunset together. But, like, that, that can't happen considering – everything that's going on right now it just wouldn't like it's not realistic and it would just be cheesy and it doesn't do I think these those character journeys honor I guess
1: yeah I agree and like I see I always get mad when like couples don't get together and have the happy ending but like I don't want an ending yet like I love the tension between the two of them and it's, it's better than a slow burn because you know that they love each other. And like Michael even says to Isabel, I love him. And like, so we know that that love is there. They've had, they've said it, they've been together. So now it's just more like fixing everything else and everything else aligning for them to be together. But I love the tension. And like, I hate that Maria's kind of in the crosshairs of that tension, but I'm, as much as I wanted them to have their happy moment and their happy like talk, like they've had a lot of really good talks in season one, like talking about their feelings in the past and like, um, you know, they're hooking up and kissing and like we've had a lot of quality Malik's content. So like, I'm really happy about that. But as I kind of like, let my anger settle a little bit, because obviously like wanted them to have that talk the next day. But as soon as he said, we'll talk tomorrow, I was like, oh, fuck. They're not gonna talk tomorrow. I know. Is that happen <laughs> like as soon as he said it, and I was like, oh my god, one of them's gonna die. It's gonna happen. But thankfully, knock on everything. They did not, um, and won't. Hopefully, in the future. But I love that they left it open to have that tension. And like, Malik's is at their like most wonderful angstiness when they're not together. And when they're like longingly staring at each other, and one of them is looking, and the other one's looking away. Like, I love that. And I'm kind of happy that that's going to continue and like they're still trying to figure out their footing as a couple or in the future. I'm excited for Alex's friendship. Mm-hmm. Like I want to see them playing music together. I'm sad that his first instinct wasn't to go to Alex first considering Alex was part of that whole traumatic event but I understand that he wanted just like a breather and a guitar and I'm just like I said a little sad that Maria is in the middle of it because you know she's friends with Alex and I don't want to dislike her but like girl there's a code you know your best friend loves this boy why are you kissing him without at least talking to Alex first so that kind of bummed me out I wasn't, wasn't a big fan of that for Maria's character just because I love her character so
0: I was a little like man well creepy. and I was disappointed with how Liz was like you can't feel guilty about things you can't control. And I want to be like, sis, are you just saying that because Diego still hasn't showed up yet? your fiance. Diego. Oh my God. Can we please have Diego
1: season two? Can we start some sort of Diego season two campaign?
0: Yes. Because I feel like that's why she said that because I forking love Liz. I've loved every way she's reacted to everything this season, except for that. Because, I mean, she's all happy. She can't help who she loves. She's all with Max now. Yada, yada, yada. I get it. However, like Maria knows what she's doing is wrong. And every time she kisses Michael now, like you can see it on her face and in her eyes, she feels so guilty about it. And, um, and it's, it's just, I don't know. I'm like, it's, I think maybe she's with Michael for the same reasons. Like she's going through a lot of shit right now too with her mom, you know, Mm -hmm. like she needs something good as well. So I totally get it. And I think it like, you know, it's not like it makes sense to me why she's acting the way she is with Michael. Um, But now things are getting complicated. You know, they had no complications before they were just with each other because it felt good because Mm -hmm. other parts of their lives don't feel good right now. She saw the hand the necklace stuff was introduced um, that has that pollen stuff or whatever, right. From the flower that subdues their powers and all that. Mm-hmm. So I think, um, you know, that's going to bring some complications. So let's see how Michael and Maria are together with complications.
1: Right. When it's not just a roll around in the desert, it's like real life, heavy shiz. And like, Mm -hmm. I don't think she even knows the scope of, like, she probably looks at Michael as just, like, this carefree, you know, dirty, awesome-haired dude. But he's got a lot of baggage. She just doesn't know about it. Yes. But, like, Alex knows about his baggage, and he wants him anyway, and he loves him. And he would have kissed his hand, and then they would have played a song together. I know. Um, I know. It hurts me. It hurts me, but, like, I like it. <laughs> I know.
0: <laughs> it I like hurts, but it feels so good.
1: Yes, like I want, and I I feel so bad saying it, but I love the angst between the two of them, and like, please, like, just make them cry at each other some more because they're so good at it.
0: Mm-hmm. And like,
1: oh, and like, speaking of crying, we need to give props to everyone in that episode because Janine Mason killed it when she's like crying on Max and like beating the shit out of his poor dead body. Like, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, that you know Nathan Parsons is okay. Um, Michael, when he said when he's talking to Max in the very beginning of the episode, where he's talking about his mom, like mm-hmm. I got really teary when that came up. And he, I had already watched the clip, so like I knew it was coming, and I was like, <laughs> baby, it's okay, it's okay, baby. Yes, yeah, so it was just it was all so good. And then Kyle and um, Michael Trevino, like choo choo Trevino train. I love him, I just love him. He's so good. It was just a really good, powerful, holy shit, fast-paced episode. It was very like, and I know we've said it before, we've compared it to Vampire Diaries before, but the pacing of it reminds me so much of like season one of Vampire Diaries. It's just Mm -hmm. like, they do not have time to waste. And it was just like full throttle all the time. They didn't fuck around. There was nothing like... That went on too long. And that's kind of how this whole season felt. And especially this episode, it was like halfway over, but like Noah had already been killed. And I was like, oh God, what's going to happen now? Because <laughs> there's no slowing down ever in that show. Um, so I was just like, oh, oh no, I'm even more nervous. Like, what are they going to introduce? And I, I loved how they paced it. I feel like they gave everything the proper time, um, especially Kyle taking out mains Master Sergeant Maine's. I thought yes. that was really cool very good very good all around everybody
0: i know bravo
1: yes and can we just talk about how max was like well they weren't having sex yet but they're were, they're were pre-sexing against his bookshelf like how happy is his little nerd heart even though he's dead but you know in that moment
0: even though he's dead
1: <laughs> he's probably just like so happy that tolstoy was there for him banging Liz, you know, like <laughs> rattling the,
0: the bookshelves. He's like, yes. His That's face too, valid. when he died, I thought was like a really good die face. Or he does. He, he dies
1: well. Yeah. He's mm-hmm. died in a couple other shows and he's, he's very good at the dying. So well done, Nathan. Well done at the dying.
0: Yes. Good job. But also come back because like you got to come back. He's going to come back. Come on.
1: He's got to come back. He cannot Ned Stark us. Get out of here with that.
0: Oh, my God. Don't even say that. We have so oh. – Speaking of, this weekend, there are a lot of – Like, best of luck to all the Starks this weekend.
1: I know. Like, light a candle for every Stark you know because Tony and the Winterfell crew, they's in trouble.
0: Yeah, I'm a little nervous. Um, But this has just been, like, such a great week for fandom. We had an amazing Roswell, New Mexico finale. Season two renewal news, Avengers Endgame, and the Battle of Winterfell this weekend. Like, shit um, about forgetting. to go down.
1: You're forgetting the most important thing that happened today, on podcast? most most holy of days. No, Taylor Swift dropped a new song.
0: Oh yeah, <laughs> I love her. <laughs> At midnight, I know I saw on like like right as um, uh, right as Meg and I were telling each other goodnight last night because were that adorable. Um, I saw on Instagram that Tay was like, yeah, I'm dropping it. And I was like, oh my God. And then I saw it was at midnight and I was like, mm, yeah, I'm going to have to look at that later. We did say good night last night. Like we're an old married couple.
1: <laughs> like night, boo boo. see you in the morning. Aww. oh, I heard us just I like love- I heard Taylor. I love you, Taylor. So before we go, I wanted to know your thoughts on, like, how the F are they going to explain Rosa being back?
0: Oh, God. They're going to have to keep her hidden. I mean, ugh. (gasps) She's going to have to live in that bunker.
1: Welcome to your new home.
0: Right? Like, she's going to have to live in the bunker, um, and I feel like – being in a pod for that long might have, like, some effects, so I'm wondering if she, um, like, I'm wondering if she's going to have some sort of, not powers, but, like, maybe she's not all human anymore.
1: Um, I don't know. Her skin looked freaking amazing. Like, can I get a pod? I, I like know, right? Tea. Desert glow,
0: please. <laughs> yeah, like I was just like, oh my god, you look incredible! So I think, I, I, yeah, something's going on. Like she's she's not going to be exactly how she was. You know, I just I I don't buy into the fact that she's just going to come back and be like, okay, I'm young now and I'm human again. And what's going on? Um, she's she obviously hasn't processed. Like Janine Mason also looks amazing, so mm-hmm. she probably has not noticed that she is ten years older um she once the the dust literally settles she'll probably be like oh wait a minute it's 10 years in the future what's going on so I uh I don't know I'm curious to see how biologically she will develop and then I think they're just you know to cover up her from the town they're just there there are a lot of hidden places that she can hide and we saw a lot of those in season one
1: Because, like, how many people will really remember her? You know, this is the the days before social media where everyone's picture wasn't plastered all over the place on your phone and on your computer. Like, how well will they really remember her? They just need to go scratch off her face a little. I think it's on her headstone, maybe. Or I'm making that up in my head. Just, you know, take out all the pictures. Thank God, like, Kyle and Rosa never had a thing. Be very Game of Thrones also. Oh, my God! Right? All these secret siblings, like, um, can I have a blood test before we we even talk? like let's just confirm some shit first, yeah, I still think
0: Alex is an alien. I still think that
1: too. I feel like them saying that their love is cosmic and actually saying it on the show. Mhm, like there's more to it than that. I don't know. I'm very excited i It was such a good season, and I'm so sad that it's over because you know podcasting with you has been my favorite
0: thing. Talking I about fishing, and all you listeners, like this has been amazing. Thank you so much. We're gonna crank one more out for you with all the lore and stuff. Um, and then heads up, I'm gonna try and get in as much as I can, but my baby is due in like four weeks, and then I'm going on maternity leave, but. I'll be here. I'll be writing. Meg will be writing stuff and um you know, when I'm ready to rock and roll, I'll be I'll be back. But at the very latest we'll start our podcast again around San Diego Comic Con time, like regularly, because um I'll be I'll be off maternity leave for the most part then back
1: in action. Back. And hopefully CW didn't take the mid season shows to San Diego last year. And I'm really hoping they do this year because that's kind of the bulk of their sci fi stuff that we love anyway. Like um, yeah. the hundred is a mid season show mm-hmm. and and this show. So hopefully they come back or they have a presence there in some form like they did. They did like an off site thing that we went to at that brewery. So hopefully we can Get some dish for season two because I'm really
0: excited. I think it's gonna be awesome. Bravo to all. Bravo to everyone. It was so amazing. Um, I'm so pumped. And make sure you guys tweet us all your theories too. We love how you guys have like started to engage with us on the socials. Um, so keep tweeting us your theories, tweeting us your thoughts. Check out all of our other podcasts. Um, we have such great podcasts on Pure Fandom. Brad and Court Talk are amazing. Of course, I podcast Game of Thrones with my hubby. Um, and I think that's it. Are those all the plugs? Those are all the
1: plugs. Well done, Elizabeth.
0: Thanks, Boo Very proud of you. Very How proud.
1: of you? Well, thanks. And I'm proud of our listeners for sticking by this awesome show and listening to us, like, freak out about it every week. And I'm very excited to get into the lore for our, like, grand finale before we go on our mini hiatus while you're, you know, producing life and such.
0: Well, if you and your boo-boo can still come visit, maybe we can do a fun podcast with margaritas or, like, a live stream.
1: I love that, like, all you can think about right now is The Dranken. I support that very much.
0: I think it's because, well, as you guys know, we live in the Midwest, and it's so, like, Yes, we know there are there is winter elsewhere, but the thing about the winter here is that it is like we don't see the sun. Like this the sky is literally gray for three months straight. It's so depressing. So when the sun starts to come out, flowers start blooming, there's back porch sitting. I'm like, listen, okay, I need myself a margarita. Like, I just want a nice glass of wine or a nice thing of tequila. I want my new baby. And I just want you all to talk about aliens with my girl, Meg. Like, is that too much to ask? Heck
1: no. I love it. Also, it's supposed to snow this weekend. So, like.
0: No, it's not.
1: It is here in good old Wisconsin. I was like, nope, I reject that. But it snowed, like, the week before Easter. We got, like, seven inches of snow. So, Uh, that's another. There's, like, the drink because it's really crappy out uh, inside or drink because the sun is finally out outside. So you just have to pick where you're going to drink. There's
0: always, there's always a drink to be had. Yeah. You're way more North than me. I was, so I'm from up North kind of by you, not as North, but now in Indianapolis, yeah, we're not getting snow, but we're getting rain all weekend. I'd rather have rain. Me too. Shit. I'm sorry, girl. You can come down here if you want.
1: I should. And you know what we could do? Another little plug on Netflix, um, May 1st, is going to be the first season of Roswell. So if you have friends who have not watched this show, um, tie them to a chair, you know, alien style, and interrogate them and then put this on and make them watch. And then they can listen to our podcast and we can all freak out about Malick's together. could start an army. It'll be great. Sounds good to me, girl. I love it all. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. We've had the best time recapping. So we will get back to you um, with some cool, fun lore. But that's it for us on recapping season one of Roswell, New Mexico.
0: Woo woo! Hola. <coughs>